Hey guys, uh, we're back again. I'm with Neil here, and we're gonna go through cardiovascular examination specific to heart failure. Hmm. So we have Mary and her son Rob. Yeah. Uh, both come into hospital. Mo, can you tell us uh, the presenting complaints? So yeah, um, Mary is Rob's mom. She is 82. She is a known diabetic and a hypertensive patient, and she's had a few. Um, previous non-STEMIs and she's got two stents in her heart. She complains of three months history of um, shortness of breath and light, light, ex um, light exertion and um, she sleeps with three pillows on her bed at night. Anything else? Um, and some generalized fatigue and she's, she's slightly concerned about it. And um, Rob is also here. Rob is a known heavy smoker she is 58 she's been previously he's been previously diagnosed with um, COPD and he comes in complaining about his shoes not fitting him anymore and he also has noticed that he he wakes up a few he few times at night sort of grasping for air and having air hunger and um, you know he's been forced to come to see your GP see his GP by his wife just to make sure it's all good so, the reason we have these two patients today is because we're sort of considering both left and right-sided heart failure. So, what we're going to do is that we're going to grab two beds and, you know, put it on 45 degrees, ask mom and the son to lay down and um, get onto our normal examination. So, you guys have a think about what would you see in general inspection for people who present with... Um, Heart failure. So Neil, do you want to tell us um, what we're specifically checking for when we do the general inspection? So we're looking for an increased body habitus um, or cardiac um, cachexia. Um, also looking for signs of thyrotoxicosis. Yep. Uh, patients might be tachypneic. Uh, Pallor and cyanosis. Very well. And we'll just move on to vital signs and, you know, you guys have a quick think about, you know, pulse rate, blood pressure, rest rate, oxygen saturation and temperature. So, Neil, um, tell us what you see in vital signs. Um, so... We want to check the uh, radial pulses, look for any sinus tachycardia, atrial fibrillation, or low volume pulse, um, or pulses alternance. Yeah. Also low pulse pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, blood pressure, we want to check for any hypotension uh, with respirate um, tachypnea. Yeah. And uh, oxygen saturation would be low. Yeah. And temperature is likely to be normal, except yeah. if patients got um, any sign of pericarditis for example yeah. um, hands and arms alright so same as usual what are we checking the hands yeah. um, looking for um, any diaphoresis in the hands with warm cool um, peripheral sinuses and capillary refill time now, let's have a quick think about 
what we'll see when we check the patient's face and neck. So Neil, you want to tell us what you see on patient's face? You're likely to see mitral facies yeah. um, or conjunctival color, peripheral and central cyanosis. Sure. In the neck, um, you might have an elevated JVP. Uh, if you don't see this, um, you can always do the hepatojugular reflex to see if it's positive. Cool. And then check for carotid pulse as well. Which, are, which volume and character are likely to be reduced. Yep. If, if they've got a left-sided failure specifically. Yeah. Um, now you guys have a quick think about the anterior and posterior cha um, chest and you know things you'd look for in inspection, palpation, and most importantly, auscultation. Yep, so right, Neil, inspection of anterior chest. Should we do the usual... Um on inspection, look for scars, abnormal pulsation, prominent veins, pacemakers, any deformities. Sure. Uh, we palpate the apex bead, um, check for any dyskinetic beads or displaced beads. Yep. Um, look for a palpable gallop rhythm, okay. which is specific to heart failure. Yep. And heaves and thrills. And on auscultation? Um, you're listening for an S3 heart sound mitral regurgitation, aortic regurgitation, or aortic stenosis. So the three famous ones that could cause um, left-sided failure. Yeah. And um, moving on to posterior chest. Uh, we palpate for sacral edema, yeah. percostal lung basis for any dullness, and then auscultate, um, listening for any bibasilar crackles, um, and crackles and wheezes throughout lung fields. Yep, checking for pulmonary edema. So the, these three things... Um, Palpation, percussion, auscultation are very specific to heart failure. Yeah. Um, you guys have a think about things we check in abdomen. So, Neil, walk us through the abdomen examination. So, always uh, inspect for any ASITs uh, and then percuss for. SIDs as well, uh, palpate for paraspleno-megaly uh, and also for scrotal edema. Sure. And um, lastly, checking the legs, we are likely to see... So, yep, yeah, legs, Neil? Um, we're looking for peripheral cyanosis, beetle edema. Uh, beetle pulses, and capillary refill time. Okay. And um, obviously we go back and um, talk to Mary and John to get a better extensive history from them separately. And um, could you could you think of a few exam? Oh, sorry, investigations we'll be doing for people who suspect they have heart failure? Um, so gold standard for heart failure is echo. Echo. And what do we check for in echo? Uh, we're checking for it. Um, Ejection fraction, yeah, and uh, we want it to be more than forty, ideally. Okay, so that's very key. Um, obviously, depending on what is causing the heart failure, whether it's a pulmonary 
cause or anemia or you know previous MI, we would do other investigations such as full blood count, spirometry, etc., etc. So that's that's very case based. Um, yeah, and chest X-ray to check cardio cardiomegaly probably. Yeah. Anyways. Um, that is the cardiovascular examination specific to heart failure. Thanks, Neil. Thank you. Hello, guys. I'm back. Um, with another episode of the clinical examinations i know i haven't touched this since probably november last year but um going through my medical term in year five i noticed that i might actually need to come back and have a look at these old examinations they're quite quite essential for your placements and obviously it'll guide your clinical thinking and um studying for year five so hopefully i'll get through the whole Jakum's examination booklet in the next three weeks um, given I'm, I'll be having more time on my hand if I stay at home um, if the disease gets if coronavirus gets out of hand so yeah let's see where we go with this okay so I'm going to continue the episodes by going through the GI <coughs> system examination and we're going to start by alcoholic liver disease which is essentially um going to cover some sort of signs and symptoms uh, associated with alcoholism in general without liver disease and also shares a lot of stuff with non-alcoholic liver disease and uh, hepatocellular cancer so this this examination would pretty much include anything to do with alcoholism um, liver cirrhosis probably even fatty liver but probably not and uh, as well as hepatocellular carcinoma, that's considered end stage. So, the demographic, from what I've seen at the hospital, it's, it's normally, you know, the middle-aged guy, 50, 60, comes in, big beer belly, drinks quite a lot of alcohol every day. Um, or on the other hand, you might have like a slightly younger indigenous patient in his or her 30s and 40s um, my neighbor just texted me saying that there's cookies coming out of the oven anytime soon so I might pause this <laughs> pause this uh, podcast and go have some cookies but yeah so essentially that's the most common type of presentation when it comes to alcoholic liver cirrhosis and stuff like that so you want to fully expose the patient and release their belly. <coughs> Ask them to lie down on the bed flat. and Maybe give them a pillow for their head. Um, you want to go through patient's body habitus. If they're you know morbidly obese or if they're cachectic, showing signs of cancer. Or if there's been any changes. You want to assess their level of alertness and see if they're orientated to time, person, place. If you can briefly GSS, um, that will allow you to identify their degree of encephalopathy. I can't even say that. Um, From zero to four, if you can. Um, Ask about their sleep disturbances, because that's 
considered level one encephalopathy. Um, see if they're in distress or pain, any signs of peritonitis, and if there's any obvious jaundice, pallor, or pigmentation of the skin showing hemochromatosis. Obviously, if you see any petechiae or papora, it could also show signs of um, coagulopathy in these patients. Um, check their vitals. Um, tachycardia, tachypnea, shallow, shallow breathing, and their blood pressure could be hypertensive with some postural variations. I'm not exactly sure it's, if this is because of the blood that pulls in the portal hypertension or because of the diabetic changes. Um, must clarify that if I can. Uh, check for all two saturations and temperature. Check for the GCS. And we go straight to their hands. You know, you want to you wanna assess warmth of the hands and how dry or sweaty they are. Um, in the palms, check for pallor of creases, showing signs of anemia of chronic disease. Check for palmar erythema that you see in patients with um, hepatic problems and eupatrans contraction contracture uh, that alcoholics get. Check their nails for leukinikia and Merkies lines showing signs of hypoalbuminemia and check for clubbing. Check their capillary field time and patients could also have tremor, so signs of um, sort of alcoholic withdrawals or hepatic flap. Um, we go through their arms, again, as I said, checking for bruising and pesicae, checking for scratch marks, showing signs of um, post-hepatic obstructions. Spinal nevi is because of the estrogen conversion <coughs> abnormalities and proximal myopathy. Um, in their face, obviously look at their eyes for scleral jaundice or conjunctival pallor. Or you might see xanthalesma around their eyes. You might see parotid gland, gland enlargement for their alcoholism and in their mouth, alcohol stomatitis, um, the smell of alcohol on breath, and fetohepaticus, which I don't know what it means, um, leukoplakia, atrophic glossitis, and hydration statuses are, are important to check. On their chest, um, it's only mentioned to check for gynecomastia and spider nevi, as I said. Um, Conversion of estrogen is altered in patients with hepatic hepatic problems. So, um, when you see spider nevi, make sure you check for blanching of the veins, vessels. Sorry, oh, vessels. In the abdomen, you want to inspect it for distension, prominent veins around um, umbilicus, which are called caput medusa, and abnormal skin pigmentation, as mentioned earlier. You want to palpate light and deep for any tenderness, rebound, guarding, rigidity, you know, the normal things you do in any GI exams. And then more importantly, check for hepatosplenomegaly. Um, obviously, procosphorositis, or you could also procos for um, the range where the liver expands underneath the ribs. Uh, then you also can auscultate for venous hums and liver breweries. And um, have a look for testicular atrophy as well. Um, and finally, in the leg, you might also just see signs of edema, bruising, and muscle wasting. And obviously, when a patient comes to you with these sort of comorbidities, 
you would want to do a full cardiovascular exam as well as a respiratory and neurological exam if need be uh, for a more comprehensive care of these patients but um for the time being that is the examination for alcoholic liver disease i'm just going to go get some cookies and come back and finish git all right see you later